Well, look at that. That was fancy. That was neat. Fancy dancy. I like it. We got a new intro. We got a new intro, ladies and gentle, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen. <laughs> just, just, just one man. There's probably just one. Or no, there's multiple men. Just only one is gentle. Yeah, everyone else <laughs> is like either just stubborn, rough. Who, who knows? They just, they're not a fan of it. They're not, they're not the nice guys. Welcome to another episode of Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast, where we give you our two cents on all things PlayStation. My name is Alex Wolf, joined here with the one, the only, the pooped one, Stephen Morrow. And it was a poop. Let me tell you. Jesus. Uh, hold on, it, hold on. The, Before the you get into itself. it. Okay, all right. <laughs> Good Lord. You can catch us live I'm every Friday night at 9.30 Eastern time, except for tonight where Stephen had to poop. And it delayed us by half an hour. <laughs> you can catch the show on YouTube and Spotify. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, be sure to rate, comment, like, subscribe, click the bell, do all the things, share it with your mother and your dad and your friends and family. If you want to see the show go, by all means, make your way over to www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate, where you can send it as little as a dollar. Help us do new things, like get a new intro do all these cool look, look at that fancy little spinny logo thing that looks like an old ps2 memory card look at that crazy little background it. we did that because of dollars that is because of dollars people donate give us the money help steven not have to make cringy mcdonald's videos yeah I, so what's happening now that's because of tax return um but yeah, i'd like to sustain this into the future <laughs> but i figured uh, <laughs> I figured might as well just do it now. I bit the bullet. Also, first of all, we weren't mm -hmm. just late because of my poop. Um, no, I, we were late because Steven had the poop. So uh, I found Steven out... Steven, just accept the poop. No, I, I accept the poop. I accept the poop, but okay, also... The poop. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want any misinformation out there. Um, the <laughs> my my work... poop. I, I found out after I went to work that I had to stay there an hour later. Oh, holy look shit. at the holy shit! That's like a portal into the the brick realm. Where am I, dude? You can't see me. See, audio listeners are missing out on the the green screen disaster. Um, hey, my brother-in-law. Uh, hello, Chucho. Uh, is tuning in. Anyways, um, but no, I found out that I had to stay at work an extra hour. So I was rushing to get home, and I just really had to shit. So I was like, you know what? Let's just push the show thirty minutes because I I knew it was going to be a bad shit, and the shit wasn't wasn't the worst, but it was a spicy poop. So oh oh no, you can't have those. No no no. Yeah. Nope. Can't do that. So anyways, but we're here now, and that's what matters. <laughs> yeah, we're here now. Sans poop, which is good. Are you doing we don't green want screen stuff? we what don't want doing? poop. I'm not doing anything. What are you talking about? I I, oh, I opened sorry, the, notebook the video. The notebook cover was green, and is the notebook is son of a bitch. Uh, it's green. Oh, so it's a brick, the brick wall, the brick mug. It's a brick house over here, Stephen. Oh, I was going to take uh, notes, so but with my fancy fancy Arkham Knight pen, but the ink is gone. It's a shame. Arkham Knight pen. Yeah, I stole it from GameStop years ago. Part of the marketing kit, and there's only one there. I'm like, well, this is mine. <laughs> I love that half of the stuff All that we own is right stolen from GameStop. Not, not me. I got rid of most of mine. 
Oh, well, half of the stuff I own is stolen from GameStop. Every every decoration on the Christmas tree that I still haven't taken down, stolen from GameStop. All of it. You are admitting Mario a crime Star online right now. Oh, what you are they going to do? Fire me? <laughs> wah, wah. Well, <laughs> Steven. Anyways, like, what have you been playing lately? Uh, nothing. Honestly, it's been crazy busy. Like, I haven't touched a game, like, at all. Nothing. Like, I mean, no, I haven't played a thing at all week. I haven't touched Pokemon. I played some Pokemon Go, but that's about it. <coughs> it's but, like, I haven't depressing. touched it. A... I get busy, man. That's most of my weeks. It's very rare we're actually able to sit down and play a Vigi game nowadays. You need to stop being an adult. You need to sit down and play some games. That requires I stay up late hours, and I cannot do that. So when this child is, you know, sleeping through the night, a little more self-sufficient, maybe it'll come back. Right now, it ain't fucking happening. No, okay. well, I can't fair. do it. Well, I, uh, what you, my despite friend? my what responsibilities, I, so I, I recently platinumed a game, and I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, it's a game that... Uh, I feel like not very many people have played, but it's surprisingly good. Uh, but it's called Coffee Talk. And it's a game where you work in a coffee shop in an alternate Seattle that uh, is inhabited by humans and sort of fantasy mythical creatures. And so the whole entire game, you're making coffee for these mythical creatures and they're like just talking about their problems and you help them with their problems by serving them coffee. And uh, I thought it was just going to be like a simple little thing. And I guess kind of it is, it's mostly a visual novel with some coffee making in between. Um, but it deals with, with some, some coffee heavy making. shit. Coffee making aspects. Yeah. But it, it deals with some heavy shit. Like really? uh, there's like a, a succubus and an elf who are in a relationship, but their parents don't agree because they're racist and you have to like work like with them to, to like work through dealing with racist families. And, uh, there's like all kinds of things that happen. And, uh, it's got like sci-fi elements as well as fantasy. Uh, it was actually really cool. Some of it kind of reminded me of Wolf Among Us, uh, where it's almost like it takes place in, a similar world and not just because of the combining of like mythical creatures with humans, but um, some of the subject matter that they tackle is uh, very similar, but really cool. I highly recommend it. If you're a fan of visual novels, um, very relaxing sound effects and lo-fi beats, then I think coffee talk is for you. Hmm. Hmm. Also, it's an easy beats. I yeah, the whole soundtrack is just lo-fi beats. Sheep whore. Sheep, 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 sheep. Listen, whore. listen. Yep, that's you. I'll do. I'll. I'll do whatever for a trophy. But I will say the trophy guides—they lie. It said this was a two-hour platinum. I played this game for like ten hours. So. All right, hold on. How much is that? Are you just stopping. Probably five, five of those hours, probably. Okay, that's what I it's, thought. It's the lo-fi beats. It's like it's nice background music. There's like little coffee sounds, the clinking and clanking of cups right. and mugs. I got you lost. 
for Steven, it's a nice game though. It's a light news week this week. Yep. It's a light news. I'm gonna week be honest with you, Alex. It's Not it's, a whole it's really on. hard to oh there's like a stutter. And I, I think I think your internet might be fucked, Alex. Just throwing that out there. I already ran and tested all my stuff before the show, my dude. Speed and all. You're unfazing. Now you're freezing up on me. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm just glitching saying. Out, I'm going to let it roll, dude. I'm going to let it go. I mean, I'm right. in my basement. I check my speed. I'm pulling 200 megs. What you got? Huh? I don't know. You it's rolling? working fine now. It's working Whippets, fine now. So let's go. Balls. Let's go. Let's go. A little wow, wily sauce go. with the boys, huh? What you got? What you got? I got don't talk That's about right. my sauce and the boys. Motherfucker. What were you saying? I know what you do. You sick, sick son of a bitch. <laughs> you, you don't know about my sauce. <laughs> Unless Good you're one boy. of the boys. Any hooser, Steven. Kicking things <laughs> off. Kicking things off. Kicking things off. Get on board. Get your mind out of the gutter. What's wrong with you? PlayStation Now games are leaving unceremoniously. Uh, this comes from Push Square. Um, you can go check out the link, you know, give it a look, give it a read, give them the support. Um, but games historically, the PlayStation now is once they're released through the service, they are given an estimated date of when they'll be removed, uh, whether it's a short or long time. We are seeing some instances where these games are just kind of leaving without any notice at all. Um, what is crazy because we just got our first day and date launch on PlayStation now with uh, Shadow Warrior 3. Date launch day and date on uh, PlayStation Now services be released to, uh, to purchase. So interesting to see. Um, I imagine personally, this is in response to Spartacus um, realigning of deals. Got a way to manage it. Some people are like, "Oh, I'm not okay with that way." I go ahead and pull us off. We or it may come back just in a different term. You know, just had to pull off temporarily and it'll come back and. It could also be a marketing strategy where these games aren't being notated they're leaving. But you rebrand and launch this new s service, right? And then you say, oh, well, these games are going to be on here. It's like, okay, to be fair, they were already available. You just took them down and put them up for all, all intents and purposes. Type. But, Stephen, your thoughts? Um, I, I agree. I feel like this has to do with the Spartacus restructure. Um, all of these games, if they're on... PlayStation Now as a as a platform or as a service, uh, there's contracts <laughs> and agreements and stuff. Um, so it this is probably just contracts and agreements either expiring or like coming to the end of their their term period, or uh, maybe because Spartacus is sort of a restructure of things, it changes the um, the I guess the context of the agreement so they need to be renegotiated or reapproached. Um so I don't think this is anything too scary. Um so mm -hmm. there's that. Um I honestly I'm just mostly waiting for PlayStation to say something about Spartacus and, and give us give us some actual details. Because right now we're going off of it, I mean it essentially rumors. glorified rumors. Rumors and speculation. Yeah, um, and uh, even though they, well, they may have come from them? A glorified rumors. 
What did you oh, think? I, I thought you said glory rumors. I'm like, what the fuck is like? I, 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 I thought you said glory rumors. It like it sounded like you just know the words and the goes. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I've I've had a rough day. I might be slurring <laughs> a little bit, so I don't know. I I might be mixing some words. Some stream. I had a stroke earlier. Steven is trashing the stream, and we're only 13 minutes in. Good lord, it's gonna be a rough one. <coughs> Are you God, okay? You I sound like you're like dying. Crazy today, though. I'm fine. I just feel like I have a tickle in my throat, and just going away. I've been coughing all damn day. They need to stop tickling. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I know. I don't like that shit. Get it out of here. I got the coffee. I'm out of bourbon. That'll clear it up. It's probably what it is. I'm dying. I'm out of bourbon. Send bourbon. Mm-hmm. Go to www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate bourbon. <laughs> Need um, bourbon. To survive. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the bourbon. Sometimes when I drink bourbon, I get like uh, a little trickle because it, it burns a little. It's the bourbon burn. You're not doing it right. Bourbon. Bourbon. But I haven't had any today. So oh, like, you haven't had any. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I'm out. I don't have any. No, I just got the coffee today, which is upsetting. I mean, it's not upsetting. It's good coffee, but I'm upset that I I don't have the bourbon along with it. Any hooser. See the next bit of news: Sony Interactive Entertainment files patent for improved ray tracing tech. Um, so this comes from Games Chronicle. Uh, ray tracing modes in PS5 games typically handicapped the frame rate. In games like Spider-Man, Miles Morales, or Ratchet and Clank, ripped apart. So, what this technology is looking to do is to make it run a little smoother, more powerful. So, the frame rate—I mean, this is one of the few things it can do. So, these games can still have awesome ray tracing, but also uh, essentially loading the games in a different method, allowing the frame rate to not be capped due to trying to do everything resolution-wise. Um, I'm curious to see, <coughs> I mean, Sony files patents all the fucking time, right? Everyone does claim to get their stuff on it in case someone else wants to use something. And they're like, oh, no, you owe us money for it. The business move happens all the time. I'm interested to see if we see this implemented, when, and what would need to be done in order to make sure it works smoothly. Um, it's not unheard of for us to see, you know, remodeled consoles with slightly improved um hardware so it would this be something where we might see another iteration maybe a couple three years down the line of the playstation 5 steven thoughts what, what do you think uh, what do you think what do you think what do you think i mean i think it's interesting uh, like you said there are a lot of patents filed by playstation um like the mm-hmm. the just on the last episode i think we talked about um a patent that allowed them to retroactively add trophies to uh, games that previously didn't have them, like PlayStation 1 games or PSP games we were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things, and we don't always see the <laughs> results ever. But, um, I mean, I feel like... Or it's like widely different from the patent was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, do you remember <laughs> when they patented the... It was... Uh, like a robot that sits next to you on the couch and plays games with you. Like a little robot. Remember the design patent they had for that stupid-ass looking PS4 controller? At least what it was speculated to be, where it was like two move controllers you would separate and you could play, but it still had the glowing ball on the top, so it just looked like this obnoxious fucking... Like, that's what they expected people to... I mean, I am thankful 
PlayStation didn't go with that idea because it looked atrocious. But holy shit, why was that even an idea that crossed your mind? Um, Honestly, that's God. what the Switch was, just without the balls. I mean, the Switch did it, but it's like more... Switch is PlayStation more attractive without the balls. design, I should say. I said it. I said it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. No, See, the how long do you think it, 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 we go without saying? Yeah. Uh, could you repeat the question? How long do you how think it is we what? see before we see it? How long do you think it will be before we see another iteration of the PlayStation 5? Uh, a couple years. I don't know. <laughs> They're having a yeah. hard time meeting demand with the current model. Um, unless the new model, True. Uh, unless the new model uses like fewer parts that are in high demand, then maybe they'll switch over to that because it's more cost effective to produce, or uh, you know, it avoids certain uh, production issues. But um, but yeah, it, if if that's not the case, then I I feel like it's going to be a couple years at least because we're just waiting. Um, I mean, good news I mean, though. Um, the good news, I, I don't know if you watched the, the recent State of the Union uh, address. Um, I almost said State of Play. Uh, but uh, President Biden uh, had a State of the Union address, and he was talking about moving um, the manufacturing of... Um, the fuck is it? Microchips? Is that what it is? Um, the semiconductors? Thank you. Thing that everyone's been uh, out of for three years? Yeah, he's, uh, they actually, they bought land and they're building a, a factory in Ohio um, for the production of this in the U.S. so that we don't have to rely on China as much, uh, which that's nice, but that's going to still take some time because this was literally just announced and right now it's just empty land. But um, I feel like within a couple years, we'll start to see that actually come to fruition and if that's the case, then maybe we don't have to worry about supply constraints. Um, we don't have to rely on China for these uh, machine parts. Um, cost is probably going to go down. So, yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'm guessing two years. That's my guess for a new iteration on the PlayStation okay. 5. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you with like another two years, maybe three. I don't think... I think if it comes down to it, there'll be interesting things. So when we, what we've seen in the past with these hardware iterations, it is usually you know more compact, a slimmer model, if you will, um, some quality updates. So first example I can think of is the original PS4, uh, the Wi-Fi band in uh, radio channel that the PS4 could only pick up 2.4 gigahertz. So nowadays, where if you get internet through like Spectrum, X- X- Xfinity. Uh, Verizon, Google, whatever, you have the option of having two channels with one of the 2.4 and one's a 5. The original PS4 could not pick up that 5. It, you had to purchase a PS4 Pro or a PS4 Slim in order to pick up that channel. Um, so quality of thing, life, things like that. Um, removing parts that you, you come to find out that may just not be as super integral to what you wanted to do. Like, oh, it's simplistic. It's simpler now. We can do this without this taking up this massive, massive amount of space. Uh, I mean, we've already seen it now with the PS4. There's two different models on PS4, PS5, with two different models just based off of the fans. Um, granted, for the rest of it, 
pretty much the same. Nothing else tri- crazy dramatic. But I'm sure we will see this quality of life things. I think when it comes to the dem- to the demand piece, um, it's yes, they're not making the demand, but at the same time, they're also killing it in sales and ha- and are doing extremely well considering the environment they released the PlayStation Five in. So I don't know how well that'll play a factor. Uh, if anything, it'll be a matter of like like you said this will help with the demand piece because there's less they have to pay for or less parts they have to use to get this console in homes. Um, hopefully it's a better overall look and it can, you know, lay on its side or stand up vertically without the need of a stand. <laughs> Especially. Yeah. Like I mean, I don't, I don't mind the stand personally. I don't mind it. I don't mind it myself, but at the same time, like the, I'm not sure where their head was at when it came to practicality of the PlayStation 5's console design, but um yeah uh, two to three years i I imagine yeah i'm right there with you moving right moving right along last bit of news here house marks next game will be a new ip so again this comes from video games chronicle uh sorry returnal fans don't get the sequel quite yet um house mark is a shadow statement that they're well underway developing their next game but it will be a brand new IP. That's interesting. I'm, yep. I'm not surprised. It's interesting, not surprising. I can't remember the last time House March put out a sequel to anything they've done. Um, I feel like everything is, I mean, all the way from Superstar uh, HD on the PS3. Maybe some ports games, you know, uh, with Superstar yeah, the like- PS Vita. Yeah, they've done like iterations on things, but I don't think they've done uh, any like straight up sequel. True sequel. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for whatever Which... they do. I think that they've really proven themselves mm-hmm. uh, not only as knowing how to do like frenetic, very particle heavy action games, like arcade <laughs> action games, but um, they really stepped up with Returnal. Um, mm-hmm. Like, just in terms of what they're doing, uh, they completely changed perspectives. Uh, it was a little bit rocky at first, but now that they've updated the game uh, to have uh, some of the features that people have been asking for, um, I think whatever they do next, it's probably going to be another hardcore experience that speaks to, like, gamer gamers, uh, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. but. Uh, but I'm kind of excited to see what they do. Their games have always been gorgeous. Uh, I I love like with Resogun, for example, the little what do they call them voxels? Like all of the different things going all over, interacting, physics based. It's it's kind of neat. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and then with Returnal, there's a lot of intricate I, I, lighting and shit. But I would even argue going back to Stardust HD. I mean, every their games have consistently made, they've showcased graphics graphically what the hardware can do uh they maybe not have pushed the envelope every time but i, I can't remember last time they put out a game that wasn't just pretty to look at or just fun and exciting to see particle effects um reflections um vibrant colors different environments it, it's not unheard of i think it makes me happy that they're one of the few big developers out there who is not trying to build a massive franchise and milk that until with a sequel of or a trilogy of some sort 
it's okay. What's the next thing I do? It keeps them fresh. It keeps them original. Um, it'll, I think it'll allow them to explore different genres, so especially going from games like uh, side scrolling shooters for lack of a better way of describing uh, super stardust or Resogun, And then going to a first person, very bullet heavy game like returnal. Um, I think we will see third person them do. Yeah. I, I think they'll do similar to what insomniac does. They learn very well from what has worked for them in the past. So again, great with environments and their games great with creating a sense of fast being this fast paced shooting um and then taking that and carrying over into different realms so at first you know side scrolling uh world twin stick shooter-esque leading it out into a, a third person over the shoulder shooter again still very fast very flashy varying weapons varying environments I wouldn't be surprised if we see another type of game, maybe not an action game, but using those tools that they've worked on and polished and implementing it into a new genre. Mm -hmm. It'll be yeah, cool. I'm kind of excited to see what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how soon do you think we see what this game is? I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I'm going to say a couple years. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think you're. They're not about. They take their time, right? I don't think we've ever seen a rough game, and they typically don't announce a game unless it's like, hey, we're confident in its ability and we're confident it's ready to go. Um, Eve Returnal, while yes, there was a patch that took a while to go through, they released it that way because they're confident with what they put out was fine. It was what they intended, and it, those patches I don't believe were due to the games being broken. It just was. Hey, don't like that. <laughs> fix it. And they took the ability. Like, okay, we had the ability to fix it. Let's fix it. So um, I have a question. So uh, it'll be maybe, cool. Maybe yeah. you'll know the answer to this. Uh, has has Housemark ever had like a VR mode for any game? Mm. I'm trying to remember. I need to refresh myself on what they've put out. Um, let me see. House. I feel like I have like a vague memory of like a patch for like Super Stardust in VR, but I, I, I might be thinking of something else entirely, but um, I wonder yeah, if maybe I mean, they could be working on a VR2, like a PSVR2 game, because I feel like they would be an interesting That would be a good... Like that. Yeah, I think they'd do... Like, if they took what they... Like this those aspects I mentioned there, like and apply that to the VR space. That would be a blast. Um, I'm on their website right, right now. So they've released Returnal being the most recent, uh, Next Machina on the PS4 in 2017, Matterfall also on the PS4 in 2017, Alienation and Resogun, Outland. Yeah, I don't know if they've done it at the <coughs> a VR game. I, I don't see one. Uh, if so, it wasn't, they're not touting it anywhere but yeah I, I i see what you mean it does sound like something a space they would have at least dabbled into or added a mode to but i do not can't think of one hmm. Hmm. i wonder if i want that because <laughs> <laughs> you I wonder, wonder if you want that <laughs> yeah because on one hand i think that they could do something really interesting in vr but on the other mm -hmm. hand um 
I know that if they make something that's exclusive to PSVR 2, I'm probably not going to play it at launch. Uh, <laughs> so right. there's that. So I just don't know. That makes sense. Hmm. But either way, I am <laughs> I am curious to see what they do next because I think Housemark is good at what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steven, another flagship first party PlayStation Studios title launched this week in the form of Grand Turismo Seven. Yes, receiving rave reviews, nines and tens yes. across the board. The game is gorgeous. It's fun. The historical value that it provides to car enthusiasts and those just looking to get into the field of cars uh, or into that world, rather, it is phenomenal. The customization is great. Uh, I feel like Gran Turismo, even when it's not a commercial success, will always be around. I feel like, I wonder if we pull the numbers. How does Gran Turismo compare to other racing sims? Uh, more specifically, for example, being Forza Motorsport. Um, granted, more time, I believe, is taken in between Turismo games as opposed to Forza. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Forza, there's two titles. Gran Turismo is very... I mean, if we look at Gran Turismo 5 <laughs> and, the deb- and the mess that was to come out with Prologue and then still years before the full game released. And then not long after it was six, this kind of flew over the radar and then sport um, all over the place. Steven, what kind of weight do you think Grand Turismo holds with the PlayStation banner? Uh, I mean, so Grand Turismo is a, I would call it a legacy PlayStation franchise. Uh, it's been there since the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's always been sort of at the forefront of like being a technical showcase uh, of showing off what a system can do, specifically with lighting, um, like very specifically with lighting and how light interacts with different materials. Uh, literally nobody does it like Gran Turismo um, or like Polyphony Digital. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody in the industry. And uh, they... I, I think because of that, and also because of their uh, hardcore fan base when it comes to like dedicated racing fans, and not I, not even just racing fans. I feel like Gran Turismo is a game that celebrates cars, the automotive industry, racing mm-hmm. culture, um, more so than just specifically racing. Um, with that being said, I don't think Gran Turismo has as much of a, a, a fan base or a consumer base as Forza. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think it's just because of accessibility um, and also because of demographic. So Forza is not touting itself as like the ultimate realistic simulator or even as a celebration of car culture. It's it's a more realistic racing game, but it's like it, it's still entertainment in like a traditional entertainment or video game sense. I feel like Gran Turismo is kind of like not to sound uh what's the word? Like uh 
is it facetious or uh pretentious or pretentious thank you I don't, I don't uh, not, not to sound pretentious but i feel like gran turismo is sort of elevated to like a museum status uh so much so that in the game they okay. refer to several of their modes as like museum modes um like mm-hmm. it's not like it, i don't know about you but i don't always go to a museum to have fun uh <laughs> i go right. to a museum because i'm interested <laughs> I'm like interested in the subject matter or I want to learn something or I'm forced to because school made me um, something like that. And I feel like Gran Turismo is kind of like, it's, it's a museum and it's mm-hmm. where you go because you are interested in and want to be immersed in that culture, in that industry and um, kind of dabble in it and be able to interact with it in novel ways. And I think Forza doesn't necessarily hit that same mark or that same demographic in the same way that Gran Turismo does. Um, because of that, it's a little bit more niche, but I think that that's fine. I think Gran Turismo is still a very heavy player in the PlayStation portfolio uh, because of its legacy and mm-hmm. because for you know all the quote-unquote controversy or whatever, um, regarding other entries in the series, um, Gran Turismo has consistently been a quality experience. And even with GT Sport, uh, it was still a phenomenal racing simulator. It was still a celebration of car culture. And Gran Turismo 7 is a return to form in terms of like the main line of the series and bringing back a lot mm-hmm. of the the story elements and the progression elements that were missing from sport and uh i i personally i feel like they're kind of in a league separate <laughs> uh like i i feel like forza project cars like they're kind of very close adjacent <laughs> to gran turismo but i feel mm-hmm. like gran turismo is just like such a it's like it's got some kind of weird special sauce. I don't I don't know how I, else I to think I think you hit the nail on the head with what the game aims to be. A celebration of cars and car culture, um, and getting people again, educating them on the history of the cars and the industry itself. Um, this game is more about the auto the automotive industry more so than it is a video game. Uh it teaches and what's available to you to learn. You just don't get that with Forza. You don't get that, especially with Project Cars. You don't get that. Uh, Forza, yes, the cars are there, but you're not. And 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 it is a pretty game. It's a fun game, and it's a you get that sense of speed. Um, I mean, this is the first game in the Gran Turismo setting that's used uh, motion blur, if uh, where it's really shown. And that's my biggest thing with why I don't play them. I'm like, yeah, I like cars, but like if I'm playing a game, I want to get a sense of speed. I never got that with those games. Forza gave that to me. Um, even with the motorsport, not necessarily uh, Forza Horizon games. Um, I think that's where you hit the nail on the head. It is, those games aren't about the driving. I mean, it's there, yes. It, it is a, the real racing simulator. But it is such, there is such a heavier emphasis and know that, which is why they do such a fine and meticulous job with getting the, the car museum in there and teaching about it. I think, the Gran Turismo franchise, like you said, it's definitely there for the hardcore fans. This game isn't a massive, like, oh, number one seller, Gran Turismo, number one in the nation kind of deal. 
highest grossing game of all time. It, it, it's not trying. It, it, it's not going to do that. It's not trying to. Um, but it goes to show what the ability of PlayStation has, especially with the PlayStation Studios banner, of getting games that are of a top-tier quality in every genre out there, uh, every top genre, I should say. They've really capitalized extremely well in the action-adventure space. Gran Turismo will forever be their leading lady when it comes to racing games, uh, just, just alone in the legacy of what it brings, right? But it goes to show, like, what would happen if PlayStation really doubled down? And I mean really doubled down into a first-person shooter. What would happen if PlayStation really just doubled down and just put out a top-tier PlayStation Studios JRPG? Um, or even just a role-play. Not even a JRPG, even a Western RPG. Um, a puzzle game, this, that, and the other. There's, they do a good job, like we've talked about numerous times in the past, of picking out the right studio for the right job. Um, and this is just prime example. Prime example. Um, so yeah, I, I've never played a Grand... I, I say that. I've played a Grand Turismo game. I've never owned one. I appreciate what they are. I haven't played one. Seven has my attention. <coughs> very much so with what it brings to the table. I'm very excited to play it myself. Uh, they So PlayStation on their YouTube channel, they recently released the opening movie for the game. And... Mm -hmm. I think it does a good job of painting a picture of like what differentiates Gran Turismo from other racing games. So the opening movie for the game literally opens with vintage photographs of like the origins of the automotive industry, like sketches on things and, and dates and like the names of people associated with these different designs. And those are juxtapos uh, juxtaposed with images of Albert Einstein there's um, like old black and white footage of a ballerina dancing. Um, and then the year there's like old like footage of like Charlie Chaplin, for example, like uh, all of these different things. It's, it's, it's a trip through history and looking at cars through the context of history and their legacy. And then like, it takes like six minutes before you get to actual modern day gameplay and it just switches to the cars and you don't even notice the the difference it's like oh oh this is in game now uh so that's kind of cool uh but it's it, it's it's just a different kind of experience where um i i can guarantee they're not going to show in the opening of a, of a forza game um a ballerina dancing ballet and compare that to like the form of a car you just don't see that in any other game like ever. Uh, mm -hmm. And no. uh, it, it, so Gran Turismo, I think is a, it's a special kind of experience. It's the, it, it, it is a little pretentious, but it, it's, it's earned that right. Uh, so I guess it wouldn't it, be pretentious by definition, but um, it's definitely the, the swirling of the wine glass and the, the wafting before you sip um, instead of just, you know, chugging a drink and going. <laughs> Fair. That's a good point. Have you heard? I haven't done too much deep diving into this because seemingly like a lot of this news kind of just broke today. Um, the issue with their microtransactions and how much it they may charge for the value of these cars in game. Um, so I haven't heard much, but if it's anything like GT Sport, um, 
which I'm assuming that it is, uh, basically you're able to use real money to buy anything in the game, but all of it can also be bought with in-game money, and it's very easy to to get credits. So it's basically like mm-hmm. a pick and choose what you want. You can spend real money if you want to, but you can always earn stuff in game. Uh, and like I haven't had any. Pull up an article from IGN. Right. All right. Let me see. Uh, but I remember, like they after launch for GT Sport, they did something where they basically made every single thing in the game, every car, every part, a microtransaction. And uh, it's it's an option, but it, it never throws it in your face in GT Sport. Obviously, I haven't played Gran Turismo 7 yet, um, but I'm just imagining yes. that that's how they have it set up now. All right, it's waiting on the page to load up. This comes, uh, this is at IGN. This comes from uh, Matt Kim. Uh, that here's a, the headline is Gran Turismo 7 new microtransaction model means some cars could cost $40. Um, just waiting on this little thing. Getting doing the stream here slows down the old IGN browser. So, uh, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen, to listen to the soothing soothness of my very, very great and adult like burly man voice. Ba 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 boom. Shumma lama long. Shumma lama ding dong. It's really taking that long to load. Jesus. Yeah, hold on. Let me see if I can pull it up faster on my phone. I'm watching little bars kind of go and not. Well, I say go, but it's not going. Um, let's see. Here we go. All right, pull that pulled up faster on my phone. Um, so players are questioning how microtransactions in the new Grand Three Eleven are being handled after it was revealed that Polyphony Digital has done away with the red car purchases in favor of purchasing credits. This has made it made it so that some cars could cost up to $40. In the last Gran Turismo game, Gran Turismo Sport, individual cars could be purchased at a set price. In Gran Turismo 7, however, players can only acquire in-game cur- currency called credits, which range from $2.49 for 100,000 credits or $20 for 2 million credits. While credits can be earned uh, in-game through grinding, this new microtransaction system has resulted in some changes within the marketplace since the last Gran Turismo game. According to VGC, cars that would cost $5 in Gran Turismo Sport are almost $40, as it costs 3 million credits or purchasing two, uh, purchasing the 2 million credits option twice. Gran Turismo's credit costs are likely meant to encourage players to grind for their dream cars and earn credits through in-game challenges, but the loss of one-off car purchases still stings. Plus, given some legendary cars are 3 million credits, not having the option to purchase only the required amount also leaves a bitter aftertaste. However, players with, with the time to drive towards their dream car on their own will be happy to know there's an amazing game worth the grind. What do you think? I think it's a, I think it's a non-issue. Uh, it's basically, it's like a time-saver microtransaction. And yeah, the price yeah. might seem ridiculous, but uh, like if, if it's anything like GT Sport, and based on what I've seen, it's very similar, but a lot more of it. <laughs> Um, yeah, in GT Sport, every every time you do anything, you're rewarded, and you're getting credits, you're getting cars, you're getting all kinds of shit. Literally, every time I turn on the game, it's like, oh, here's a car, here's a uh, hundred thousand credits. Oh, you want to race? Here's twenty five thousand credits. Like, it's very easy to rack that stuff up. Um, mm-hmm. And with GT Seven, 
there's like, for example, the car cafe or whatever, they give you like different menus and each menu, each menu item is a goal. And when you hit that goal, you get rewarded with credits and cars and parts and different perks and things. Um, and literally everything is tracked. Every mile that you drive, every, uh, every screenshot that you take, every, uh, it, everything. And you get credits as you progress in all of these different things. I feel like it's not going to be that much of a grind. And I, I could be proven wrong, um, but like I absolutely suck at Gran Turismo games. And in GT Sport, I was still able to get some pretty high up their cars. Um, and I barely even raced. I would literally just fuck around in the menus um, and I would get rewarded because I was poking around, I guess. I don't know. Um, so I I think it's a non-issue. Uh, if if you want to spend money to get a virtual car in a game, like if you want to spend real world money to get a virtual car in a game, then that's your own business. But you got the game. Play the game is, is how I feel about it. Hmm. I agree. I, I don't think it's a... It's kind of weird to see it, right? Because it is such a drastic change from what it understands and pricing structure of this whole thing. But again, it's like anything else with microtransaction nowadays. You, if you really want it that badly, but you don't want to spend the money, got to do the grind. Got to do the time. Time to grind. Time. time. Steven, that's all we've got. There's not much going on this week. Not a whole lot. Um... Hmm. Yeah, I, I got nothing. We're, we're sitting here waiting some news to happen. I imagine a state of play will happen this month. I think we'll get a, a, a doozy of a state of play uh, this month. I think DTA Spartacus and probably some new games. Um, mostly Spartacus, though. But what other, what other exclusives are we waiting for from PlayStation Studios other than God of War? Forspoken. Um, Forspoken, God of War. Um, those really being the biggest two. I can think of off the top of my Ghost, head. Ghostwire Tokyo, that's kind of soon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's this month. And it's the end of March. But, like, I don't think we have a date for God of War yet. We don't have a date for God of War. Is there a date for Forspoken? Yes. Hold on. I'm looking it up right right alongside you. Because, uh, yeah, I, I feel like we've got to have more PlayStation Studios games. May 25th. Year. Okay. They're, they're really blowing their load, aren't they? Horizon, I, I, I think... Ghostwire Tokyo, Gran Turismo, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I mean, they had a really strong opener this year. It is a very real thing. Um and we're going to hit a bit of a dry spell, but that also makes sense, giving this the the timing of what everything's going on. Right after Forspoken, you're leading in the summer. You've got Summer Games Fest, uh, whatever E3 is doing. So, and usually games don't launch during that time period because it gets overshadowed by the hardcore game community because everyone's trying to watch what the new thing is. They'll play the game, but it's just not as the press around. It's not as prevalent because it's overshadowed with all the news. So I think it's a, it's a fine strategy. I think we'll see God of War happen fall, I imagine. Maybe holiday. Um, not surprising, fall holiday this year. Um, 
So I want to see that. another like little, like not like a, a big blockbuster thing, but I want to see something like uh, along the lines of like a Sackboy Big Adventure or like an Astro's Playroom, like something along those lines in between March and Forspoken. Um, I, I would love to see something like that. I, I have a hard time thinking we will, personally, just because they did blow their load with these games that have launched. And a lot of these games are time-consuming. You've got, you went from, I mean, just kind of kicking it off, we've got Horizon Forbidden West. It's a lengthy game. Right after that, you've got Grand, Grand Turismo. Then right after that, you've got... That's an infinite uh, game. <laughs> right. Then you've got Ghostwire Tokyo. And then after that, we have Forspoken. There's not... A lot of these games... Honestly, I think they could have they spread it out a little better. But I think they're looking at look at the games out because they do cater to different audi- audiences for the most part with some of them. Yeah, Horizon... And get the games out. I don't think that they're competing yeah. with <laughs> Forspoken, exactly. though. Forspoken in the same vein as really Ghostwire and Horizon in some aspects. So you've got three story-driven, narrative, open-ish world games um, all kind of in the same vein with two of them being female-led. So it's... Do you want to put something else out there when you're like... Especially when when you have two new IP like Ghostwire Tokyo and Forspoken, do you really want to overshadow it with putting other games out there? Or you want to let those games kind of pop the cork, aerate it, let it breathe, give that old top milk. Mm. It's a 10. That's a 10. I, I think they're, they're doing it right. I, don't, I would like to see some more things happening, but at the same time, I don't even have the time to play the games that are coming out now. I I don't give a shit when I release these games. If they want to put it off another year, I'm fine with it. <laughs> That's around the time I'd get around to doing it anyway. So yeah, it's it's fine. It's okay. It's it's a little lame. It's like, oh man, I want something to be excited about, but it's like I can't afford nor do I have the time to play these games anyway. So leave it alone. Oh um, yeah, that's fair. Any hooser, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast, where we give you our two cents on all things PlayStation. Be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, get us out there, help us out. If you want to see the show grow, by all means, make your way to www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate. You can catch the show live via Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook each and every Friday at approximately 930 Eastern time. Maybe a half hour to off to Steven. Steven might have to poop. We don't know. We'll find <laughs> out. Otherwise, you can catch the show audio on Spotify a few days after. And you can catch the video upload on, on YouTube as well the following day. Until then, ladies and gents, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Love, love, love.